The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome on News Talk 1130 WISN. It is the Retirement Clinic hosted by Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. Aaron, good morning. Morning, Paul. How are you? It's fantastic. I'm good. Thank you. Always good to have you in studio. Uh, Your father is probably just sunning himself somewhere right now. Well, he's probably working, though, too. He's always working. Thanks, because you probably I stepped in it there and you got me out of it, didn't you? <laughs> well, it is true though. And he paid me. No, he did not pay me to say that, but it it is. You, you'll get uh, texts and emails from him all hours. So actually, last week on the show we reminisced about the 20th anniversary of this program, yeah, which was last fall, yeah, and then his career and how long you know he's been doing this a long time, Aaron. We call it experience. Yes, well, it is, and it's great experience too. Um, yeah, that we certainly value uh, value there, and, and so it, it, it's really great. And he's got more. I, I say all the time, he's got more energy than anybody I know. So he's always popping into meetings, saying hi, calling everyone, saying hi. Uh, it, so he's he's been doing it a long time, and without any uh, less gusto. Well, whoever hosts the show gets to pick out bumper music too. So keep that in mind today. Oh yeah. I mean, often on the show, you hear the, the stripper theme, the sexy segment. Yeah. We have news today, Aaron, about the show. Well, because due to the nature of our guests that we have here today, the whole hour will be the sexy segment. So uh, the uh, the sexy segment, wealth management preservation segment, uh, is for people that have a million dollars or more uh, in in assets. And so that's really where we're going to be focusing our our attention today. Uh, we normally the show is for everybody, and this everybody will I hope get something out of this. Uh, so we're not doing a separate segment today uh, because we're we, because of our guest here. So um, our guest is Rhett Holland, uh, estate planning attorney with with Hush Blackwell. One of the things I, I always say, uh, a little tongue in cheek, is everyone's favorite topic is themselves. So I'm not going to try <laughs> to introduce you, Rhett. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, background, family, all that good stuff? Sure thing. Uh, thanks for having me, Aaron. Uh, it's I kinda... do think you're the exception that your favorite topic is not yourself. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably see me blushing. Um, yep. You know, it's funny. I don't know that sexy and estate planning attorney. Are two fra- two words or phrases that go together almost ever? <laughs> so I guess I should uh, really enjoy that today. Um, Live but, it up. Yes. Yeah, so I am an estate planning attorney with Hush Blackwell in Milwaukee. Um, my legal practice is devoted to preparing estate plans, preparing business succession plans, and then administering trusts and estates. So um, every day I have the pleasure of having deep conversations with clients. And a lot of times it's conversations that they're not comfortable having. Um, And so, you know, what we do is work people through the process, make sure that they can make informed decisions on how they want to set up their plans. You know, I I like that you put, you know, that they're, they're conversations that they're not comfortable having. I think that sometimes, you know, comfortably uncomfortable, you know, you can, Mm -hmm. you got to push yourself to be a little uncomfortable. Then there's growth and then there can be something good, that happens. Um, how long have you been doing this, and what were you doing before you were uh, an estate planning attorney? This is a yes. reason why I really like you know, value your expertise here. So I have been um, 
practicing law for a little over 10 years now, um, always in the estate planning area. Um, I, I used to joke with my classmates at Marquette Law that I was the only person on day one who showed up saying, I want to be an estate planning lawyer. <laughs> and um, that's, uh, that's because I, I spent about four years before law school in wealth management. Um, I worked with Mass Mutual, and then finally with um, U.S. Trust, Bank of America's private bank, where I was a trust administrator. So I spent um, some years in the trenches seeing how estate plans actually play out in real life. Or don't play out. Or don't play out. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so that gave me a little bit of perspective, I'd say, going into law school. That's that's good because it's it, it a lot of times when we talk with estate planning attorneys and we work with some really good ones, um, but when we talk with them and try to coordinate the plan, it's like look at it's like well why would you want to do that and, and they don't get the lingo they don't get how it works with the wealth management side and I think that really. Um, that really helps. Right. That additional do you get background. you know? So the cocktail party scene. I'm an estate <laughs> planning attorney. Do eyes glaze over? Uh, if we get into the weeds pretty quickly. But you yeah. can also probably express how important an estate plan is. And I think, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, uh, we, as Americans, we lack. Most Americans lack a proper estate plan. Is that true? I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of times people get nervous about uh, what they don't know about the estate planning process and what they don't know about working with lawyers. Because most of the time when clients come in to see me, it's the first time they've ever met with a lawyer. And people are uncomfortable about the whole relationship and the idea of someone billing them in the background whenever they call. Um, How are you trying to bill me more? How how are you trying to get at? Okay, yeah, you're you're going to the bathroom. That's they're charging me for that too. And yeah, that's how it can be intimidating for. And so it's a wall to break to break down. I think so. And and I think kind of living in your world before I came over to the legal side, the thing I miss the most is building those relationships with clients where they're comfortable sitting down and talking. Uh, We try to combat that as much as we can by by charging maybe on a project fee basis as opposed to an hourly rate so clients know that they can call me or email me without having to worry about that meter running in the background. But but that's yeah, you mentioned concern. one of you said intimidation. I think, or both of you did. Yeah. Another word that comes to mind with an estate plan is procrastination. <laughs> we'll get to that someday. Do we really need one? I think we're going to get into that today, Aaron. Right? Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into some more maybe complex topics as well, um, and, and some basic ones like, do I need an estate plan? But um, it, it, you, not everyone needs a massive plan. Everyone needs to at least look at it, I believe. Uh, and that's where someone like Red or Rhett comes in to address some of these issues. And, and clearly, as we progress here uh, and talk with the state planning attorney, Rhett Holland, if you got questions or you want to follow up off the air during the show, please reach out to the Cowell Investment Group, 262-522-4040. Um, also, thecowellway.com. Aaron, by way of background, that's really the best way to reach out is your website, which is also has links to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and social media sites. All that good stuff. Yeah. 262-522-4040, thecowalway.com. You can reach, we're everywhere now, right? <laughs> so you can always reach out to us. And this show, The Retirement Clinic, we've got Rhett with us the entire hour. As we get into estate planning, backing up to what you said, Aaron, Maybe you don't need the same level of plan that your uncle, your brother, or your next-door neighbor has. 
Uh, and we're going to get into trusts, I'm sure, right? Yep, trusts, uh, irrevocable trusts, revocable trusts, charitable remainder trusts, all that good stuff. So um, why don't we why don't we dive in? Um, what are you seeing right now, Rhett? Like, are you you've seen a lot about how to structure inheritances for kids? What are you what are you seeing right now in your business? Boy, how to how to structure the inheritance for kids is what we spend the most time dealing with. Okay. So when I sit down with a client, there are always three questions that we start off with. And the first is, who do you want to have receive your assets when something happens to you? Um, that could be a really easy one to answer, or it could be really difficult. Um, the second one is, who's in charge? So who do you want to, who do you trust to make decisions for you when you can't make them for yourself? And then the last one, what we were just starting off with is, what are the rules? So what are the restrictions, if any, that you want to place on the use of your assets when something happens to you? And that's where we get into the conversation with kids. And, um, you know, for, for every client, regardless of how large the estate is, um, I would say people have similar concerns. They've got concerns about maybe a child's ability to manage assets. Maybe they have concerns about taxes. Maybe they have concerns about a spouse or creditors. I think that, unfortunately, in the world we live in, divorce is a big issue. Yeah. And uh, uh, it drives the way we create the These are awkward plans. questions. To talk, nobody wants to talk about their own mortality or, or have a discussion within the family because it might not be as fun as talking about the Super Bowl or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But if, wouldn't you rather have that conversation now than after the death or the passing of a loved one. Yeah, you can't do anything about it then. I know that there's some hesitancy about that. I, I've seen that uh, in my practice. Have you seen that in your practice? Yeah, unfortunately, um, we've seen it multiple times now where we got the plan to the finish line, and for whatever reason, the client never signed the documents. And the documents are worthless if they're not signed. Um, unfortunately, um, just last year, we had someone that we'd worked with for an extended period of time. We had the plan almost done, I'd say 95% done, but she couldn't make those last couple decisions. And because she passed before she signed it, and now here we are months and months later, stuck in an extended court proceeding. Probate, right? Going through probate, and I'll tell you, nobody's happy. Um, Has COVID extended the length of probate? You know, it, it did initially. Um, I think that there was an initial struggle to move the whole court system over to the virtual world. But at this point, I think most of the probate courts around Milwaukee have adapted. Um, so and, and can, Zoom hearings have become commonplace. But. It, probate is also public, right? It's a public record. So, Rhett, can we, with a proper estate plan, avoid probate? Uh, the short answer is yes. And the, what we do is try to put estate plans together so that the plan it uh, is administered in the most efficient way possible. And to do that, you need to avoid the court process. And, and you know, probate is not something to really be afraid of. People go through it all the time, but it's not the most efficient way to do things. It, it sounds it, nasty, It is a it? public record. <laughs> you know, your neighbor could come on and take a look at what your assets were worth, and they could find out where your assets went. Um, and it's also time-consuming. You know, for most of our clients, they... They do crave privacy. They don't want anyone to know 
what their estate was worth or, or who received their assets. That, that is a great point. And if probate can be avoided, Aaron, um, that public record, it's much like going on CCAP, right? And, yeah. and punching in somebody's name in the Wisconsin court access, and you can find out it is a matter of record. Well, yeah. if we can't avoid that, I think most people take that route. Yeah, you know, you you can, and some things are, are maybe fine to go through probate that you don't you know need to worry about some the more trivial items. Um, but a lot of people like I don't want my neighbors knowing what's going on with you know with us if I if I were to pass. So you you and then it's also important to follow the plan of the attorney because the attorney can draft the documents. But if you don't change the titling or change the beneficiaries, oh, yeah. it's also worthless. Yeah, I like to think of it as a two-step process. So step one is where we create the plan and we come up with all the legal documents. Step two is implementing the plan. And that's where we need to team up with the, the financial team and make sure that all the beneficiary designations are updated and the accounts are titled correctly so that it's all coordinated together. Then life can step in, right? Beneficiary changes may want to be changed down. You may want to make some changes, in other words, right, right. down the road, right? Right. And that's what I've especially after seeing this happen with some clients who passed um, before they got the document signed. You know, I try to tell people, look, you can make changes whenever you want. You know, perfect can be the enemy of the good. Let's get the plan together and just realize that life's going to happen. Your circumstances are going to change. That's when you come in and see me and you change the plan. What, you know, going back to the decisions, um, what kind of things do people get hung up on on making a decision? I'm, you don't need to get specific about this yeah. particular case, but is, is it okay? I have three kids. Which one gets the thirty four percent? Yeah, what's what? What do you what do they get? Or why up does on? Susie yeah. get the fine china and silver, right? Yeah. And 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 Junior doesn't, or something yeah. like that. I'm sure that yeah. every family has different dynamics at play, Red. Correct. Boy, that is the truth. And I'll tell you, even if the assets are simple there's still an opportunity for disagreement. And and if, if the accounts say 33, 33, 34, the going to go somewhere, and that may be the only thing the kids can fight about, and so that's where they fight it out. But, but boy, two Thanksgivings ago, I remember having drinks and talking to my brother, and he told me that he was okay if we... Mm-hmm. All of that's fine and dandy, but if it's not in writing, none of it is... It's useless, right? right? That's right. That's right. So, and when we talk about an estate plan, Aaron, it, it doesn't. We talked about this before, at least alluded to it. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have. It doesn't have to do with that. It's yeah. about your beneficiaries, who gets what, and also kind of hoping that that family stays cohesive. Yeah, and the family not stays a nice, happy family. No then arguing. You have just the regular amount of bickering and arguing <laughs> that a family has. Oh, not, that's that's normal. That's normal. Yeah. Not just not, not elevated. Yeah, but who gets the house? That's you know that's a big deal. And you don't want a that's judge right. that doesn't know you determining that. That's exactly right. And you know you're you're asking where do people get hung up? You know that could be at that family cottage up north. Um, that could be a big issue. Um, and and the best way to deal with that kind of issue is to have the conversations now while that patriarch or matriarch is still here. Because when someone passes away, uh, it brings out strange behavior in people. Um, And it also allows for some of those old rivalries to bubble to the top in between siblings. 
Well, that's boy, that's impactful stuff. What what yeah. Red is saying is so true. And if you can, despite maybe disagreements, if you can get an estate plan done now, like you said, Red, just get it done right. Uh, then you can avoid a lot of that hassle down the road. Rhett Holland, an estate planning attorney, our guest on today's retirement clinic. Aaron, you're approaching this as one big. Sexy segment. What do people, what do we mean by that? Well, we talk about wealth management and preservation, having enough to enjoy your retirement. Yes, absolutely. And so yeah, we're kind of building on on this a little bit, on the, the probate, on the trusts. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, because I associate a lot with higher net worth folks, <clears throat> um, are irrevocable trusts. Uh, you know, people think, well, that's just for, you know, really rich people that want to avoid, uh, you know, estate taxes. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of times that's true. Uh, but why don't, why don't we talk about what kind of work are you doing? Uh, are, are you doing in there? What, what kind of, uh, asset range are you looking at? Uh, are you using it for, to, to hide assets from taxes or for shelter assets from taxes? We don't recommend hiding. <laughs> um, or are you also doing it for, to protect it from like nursing homes? What are you seeing? So, um, we always tell clients what the spectrum of options is. And so why don't we start with what happens if there is no trust and what that might mean, and then talk about how the trust may alleviate some of the risk. So um, if you just leave assets directly to a child, um, you know, the upside of that is it's really easy. It's really straightforward. Everybody under- understands it. The downside is that once your child inherits those assets and has them in their own name, well, now those assets are available. They're available to creditors if the, if the child gets sued for some reason. They're available for tax purposes because the child owns those assets. They're also, in all likelihood, going to be available in the event of a divorce. Now, when you say child, are we talking minor, <laughs> adult, legally? Can an, a, a, a trust question. can include all different ages, right? Yes, yes. And this is kind of funny because in my in my practice, I talk about the children all the time, and oftentimes they're older than I am, right? So, so you know, the child could mean any age, and it typically means an adult. It's a child of the person creating the plan. Right. So, you know, we, we talked about earlier that people get stuck making decisions and that you can change your estate planning. You can't really make changes to an irrevocable trust. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me why do people use them. Okay. And then... Um, what's, I mean, you, you really not know what, what you want to have going on for the, for these things. Why don't you talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So that is true. An irrevocable trust is a trust that cannot be changed. Um, and oftentimes what clients do is instead of leaving assets directly to their child, they leave the assets in an irrevocable trust for the benefit of the child. So with an irrevocable trust, um, you can think of it as a separate, entity or a lockbox. Assets go into that trust. The beneficiary does not own the assets. The trust does. And you designate a trustee. The trustee is the person who administers the trust. The trustee manages the assets, deals with the investments. Most importantly, the trustee decides when to make distributions from the trust to the beneficiary. There's some responsibility there. There is, a, there is a lot of responsibility. It's a fiduciary duty that the trustee owes to the beneficiaries. And um, there's a long history uh, in the court system about 
what trustees can and, and should do. Just because it's front and center in the news now, Rhett, but the executor of the Britney Spears whole debacle <laughs> that we hear of, right? Uh-huh. Um, yep. is well, ex- that was you that had the free Britney flag <laughs> flying from your car, huh? <laughs> I never understood the, the passion that the fans had. She wasn't locked in a prison, right. but there was an executor. Is that the same as a trustee or is that different? I think some of the responsibilities are the same. You know, in that case, I think it was a conservator or, or a guardian, uh, and it was her dad. So his responsibility would have been to manage all of her assets in a prudent manner and decide when and how much to leave to her. So and that, I think the story went to was that, was he re, you know, right. responsible <laughs> enough? And then the next question is, yeah, but the whole point was she wasn't responsible because right. of some right. Some issues she had at the time. But as the years went by, I think the courts did rule in her favor, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, that. in that case, that's, you know, we hear about these prints I know did not have an estate plan. Yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin was a mess when she yeah. passed away. These are celebrities. And you're always surprised when you read about their their net worth. Yeah. It's always less than I would think. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are. It's a like lot of them really are less than what you think. Bigger name than actual, you know, uh, some spend athletes a lot make too, more in, in a year. Well, yeah, they go through it. They spend a lot. You're exactly right. So estate planning is a big deal. Rhett Holland is our guest and estate planning attorney joining Aaron Kowal. Uh, we've got more coming up. Uh, maybe we break now, Aaron. I know off the air people are going to have questions. Yeah. What's the best route for that? Yeah, well, they can reach out to us, 262-522-4040. Rhett, why don't you give your contact information as well so that they can reach out to you directly? Sure. So you could find all the information about our private wealth group on our website. That's hush, H-U-S-C-H, blackwell.com. Um, or you can reach me at rhett.holland at hushblackwell.com. How do you spell that? That's a tough one. R-H-E-T-T <laughs> dot H-O-L-L-A-N-D. Uh, Red, it's a pleasure having you on the show. We do have you for the entire hour, so we'll get back to talking and about estate plans. But we said trust several times. We haven't brought up the word will, powers of attorney, right? right? I think that all factors in. And then there's the business side of things. Aaron, I believe we have the boss minute coming up after yep. the break. Yep, we got that coming right up. So the business owners savings and security segment will be next. We'll be right back with more of the retirement clinic. Aaron Kowal, your host today from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist on News Talk 1130 WISN. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. We are back with the boss minute this week's boss minute on the retirement clinic with Aaron Kowal. Also joining us, and I think Rhett's going to be a part of this, estate planning attorney Rhett Holland. Throughout the show, we'll give out, you know, honey, if you got a question about the business side of things, because when we talk about estate plan and trust, Aaron, people think personally we need an estate plan. Then business owners are thinking, well, that's what the boss minute is about business owners and their savings and security. Yeah, absolutely right. When we talk about the estate planning, all that, they think personal. But you got to plan for your business, too. A lot of business owners, uh, their largest asset is their business. And they don't plan for it. They think, well, i got to make these calls. i gotta, yeah, I got to grow the business. And their focus isn't you know, on planning for it. So uh, then you see a lot of times the business owner dies and it's, what the heck's going on? Um, you know, so there's... 
they're, they're, it can really cause chaos if you don't plan. So, And then you get to a time when there's a transaction of the business and you might not be maximizing your, your value and your time there. So um, what I was talking with Rhett before the show. Uh, really, let's talk about uh, pre-transaction uh, planning. There's some things that you can do before you sell uh, or transact the business uh, that can be really great for you. Why don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about that, Rhett? Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. Most of the time when you think of business succession planning, you're thinking long-term, sunset, walking on the beach, how am I gonna, who am I going to leave my business to? Um, but the market today is a lot different. Uh, there's a lot of activity out there. There are a lot of companies that are being bought and sold. And um, one thing that I think business owners oftentimes forget is that they can take steps or action before they sell the business from the estate planning side to set things up when the company sells. And so that's where we come in. Um, and it could be as simple as transferring some ownership of that family-held business to a family member or to a trust for the benefit of a family member before you sell it so that you can get um, some growth on that business outside of your estate for tax purposes. Well, why would I transfer that? I, I built it up. Why would I transfer it to anybody else? You know, I like to think of it as, well, what I see in a lot of clients and the way I like to think of it is it's oftentimes a pot of family wealth at that point. And business owners aren't just thinking about themselves because at the end of the day, there's going to be three people at the table when that person passes away. There's the government, uh-huh. there's the family, and there's potentially charities. And so what can we do today to shrink the government slice of that pie? And that's where we step in before the transaction. So let's, let's role play a little. I'm a business owner. I've got the business. I own the whole thing. Uh, you know, a couple kids, one in the business, one not. Let's say it's worth, you know, eighty million dollars. Or that's a good number. I, <laughs> yeah, I, was say, pick a number, I wish any number. I wish that was true. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm trying to, to above the the estate taxes exemption, sure. so there would be estate taxes. What are some things that I can do before I sell my business to uh, mitigate some of the tax impact on uh, estate taxes, and, and then? Um, mitigate uh, the company having to come up with with cash for uh, uh, to pay out heirs. Yeah, um, I think the important thing to think about in this context is what is a closely held company worth? Because when when you're thinking about selling the company, well, at that point it's very easy. It's what someone's willing to pay you yeah. for it. But when we're talking about planning before the company sells, it's much more difficult to determine what the value of the company actually is. So let's say, for instance, you're that family-held, you're that you're the owner of this family-held company, and you want to give your son 20% of the stock. What is that 20% worth? How are we going to figure that out? Because he's going to get that 20% of the stock from you, and what can he do with it? There's no market. He can't go out and sell it, right? right. You still own 80% of the stock, so guess what? You have total voting control. So he has an asset he can't sell and he can't control. From a transfer tax perspective, you have a valuation firm step in and provide a conclusion of value of what that 20% is worth. And you can take discounts for the lack of marketability, the lack of the ability to sell the shares, and you can take a discount for a minority interest. 
lack of control. And because of that, for an active company, you can take a third of the value maybe off the table. And so let's say, let's say the, the full sale price of that 20% is $5 million. Sure. Well, if I transfer that 20% to my son six months before the transaction, maybe it's three. And you've just made $2 million of value disappear from the transfer tax system. Which is counterintuitive because as a business owner, I want my business to be worth that's more. Right. That's right. And so you th- I made $2, right. $2 million of value disappeared. No, yeah. no, no. That's not what I want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what we're talking about is, is and this is, all, um, this is all generally accepted. By the IRS, you have to no fulfill these. No one's going to these. jail for it unless you have you're to, really You have to, to get a valuation report, and you have to disclose it to the IRS, and the IRS has not the ability to object to your valuation. Um, but what we're doing in that scenario is we're trying to reduce the value of that company on paper. And and that is and it's true, right? I mean, if you were going to take a, a minority stake in a company, boy, you're not going to pay 100% on that. Right. If you're just along for the ride and someone else is making all the decisions. Right. Um, and that that same thought process applies, applies to these transfers. Well, the tax implications here that uh, a lot of people don't think about. Right. When you talk yeah. about an estate plan in general, a business of the value of a business. And then you talk about tax implications. Oh, what about a guy like Aaron Rodgers? What is he owns part of the bucks, right? Like one percent. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's tax implications there. Right. Oh, I'm sure that there's tax implications uh, for that, depending on how much uh, you know, uh, of it it is, uh, but it is interesting because when you are valuing the business for tax purposes, you want to have it low so you pay less, less in taxes. taxes. If you're valuing it to sell, the opposite is true. And so, uh, what you know, what about if are there is there a um, any ramifications if you value it low? To, to transfer some shares and then you sell six months later and value it way more? Uh, or the the person who gets those shares have to pay like a capital gain that, on that? That's a great question. So um, the, the initial answer is no, there are no tax implications. With that initial transfer that we're talking about that would be a gift, that's not a taxable event for income tax purposes. Now, whoever you give those shares to is going to take the same cost basis in those shares for income tax purposes. Sure. So when those when the company is sold, whoever the owner is has to pay the capital gains tax. So your your beneficiary may have to pay those taxes. Um, but at least as far as the the initial transfer and any of the future growth on those shares, there's there's no tax on that. What other pre-transaction plan have you done? Have you have you done much with like buy sell agreements and? Uh, funding those with life insurance and other things? Well, so on that front, I think um, we see a lot more activity on the the other side of the succession plan, and that is when we're going to keep the family-owned the family owned company. Okay. If the goal is not to sell it, but we want to keep it and transfer right. it down to the next generation, right. that's where these agreements become really important. And that's because um, most of the time, all of the kids don't work in the company. You've got some kids that are in and some kids that are out. And what we need to do on the front end is have those same conversations about how are we going to set things up to ensure the long-term viability of the company? Because the numbers are really bad uh, on the success rate of 
subsequent generations operating family businesses. Oh, is that right? Businesses. Yes. So historically speaking, it just doesn't. Historically <laughs> speaking, most junior's of the... not as good as senior. In other words, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, most of the time, the, the companies in, in don't some survive. Cases. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you. But this is a common thing. So you talk about any. We're talking about any type of family company here. The small mom and pop company to the larger corporations, right? Yeah, Brad? absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna run into the same issues regardless of the size of the company, um, especially if you've got one child who's in the company and one child who's not. And that's where we get into these conversations of fair versus equal. Yeah. Um, most people come in and they say, I, I just want, to, I want a simple estate plan. I want to leave, make everything equal. Each child gets the same thing. And then when you really get into it and you say, well, you have this one son or daughter who's working in the company every day um, is it fair that their siblings are going to be equal owners of this company with them? Is that what you want? And and again, it's it's not my job to to tell people what they should do. It's just my job to help educate them on what the implications of their decisions are. Make them think a little bit, and, and yeah, because if it's if you have someone that's in the business, a kid that's in the business, and one that's not, uh, and then you're you're uh, one kid be in a position of buying. The shares and paying the, right. you know, another sibling that can cause drama, especially you know, with 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 the siblings or with the spouses. You know? Yeah, and you know the way I think about it is, if you end up in the court system, you've lost. Yeah, and and so well, that's that's pretty profound if you think about it. If you're in the courts, you've lost. Right. You and I try to avoid those. And Aaron brought up something kind of significant here. That how are the spouses feeling about this? That whole family dynamic again comes into play. If you're just joining us, we've started the show talking generally about estate planning and our personal lives. Now we're kind of segueing Aaron into businesses as well with estate planning attorney Rhett Holland. We've got a minute or two before we have to take a break and and move on here in the retirement clinic. But uh, any good stories for us? In other words, can we learn from others' mistakes, Amrit? Uh, or just if you don't do things right, it could cost you, right? You could end up in those courts, and that costs money as well. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, you see it in the largest companies in this state where we've they've gotten in the news when there's a shareholder dispute and there's a lawsuit and. And that's a situation where maybe um, siblings became owners of a company together when they shouldn't have been. Oh boy! And and so and they, and they became successful, and there was a lot of money involved. I right. assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times, it's the the prior generation that generated a lot of the wealth. That's right. And then the issue is, what do we do with it? Um, mm. And and so I'm sure I'm sure everyone out there listening can think of plenty of people that they know yeah. uh, where uh, siblings. Don't get along, uh, or or look for opportunities to argue. Aaron, I'm sure money's a big part of it, but also pride, right? Yeah. Feelings get hurt, and it's that. Well, we, when we were younger and we all started this business, we all agreed to, right? But did we get that in writing? Do we have a proper plan? Right, and then every you know, a lot of times businesses have different distribution of. Of labor and work inside, so well. Wait, I'm the one that built this business. No, I'm the one that built mm-hmm. it. And, right. You know, I'm the one that's really valuable. No, you're not. And then it can just totally <laughs> don't, degrade. From don't there. be Yoko and break up the band. 
You know, as we talk about this, there that's why bands break up all the time. It's its the Yoko. personalities clash. <laughs> right. And money. Just look at sports teams with, you know, I want to be the highest paid receiver. I want to be the highest paid. It's about pride and power and egos and a lot of money. Right. <laughs> a lot of money. Hey, when we come back, we'd said this before, Aaron, but if people have estate planning questions or retirement planning questions, the Cowell Investment Group, and we did not go over your locations in Waukesha, up in Ozaukee County, there's a Port Washington office, Phoenix, Arizona, the newest address, Racine. It's right off the freeway at Highway 20. Uh, the market updates throughout the week. Aaron, you and your staff do a great job Monday through Friday. Then every Saturday, we're here at 10 o'clock for the retirement clinic. Yeah, absolutely. You can always reach out to us at 262-522-4040. Um, also on our website, uh, thecowalway.com. And uh, on LinkedIn, follow, follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, connect with me and our company personally. Uh, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Kowal underscore invest. Yeah, it's all at thecowalway.com. The website is fantastic. Check it out uh, for a lot of good retirement information. We'll come back with Rhett Holland, our guest, talking about estate planning with Aaron Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforst on News Talk 1130 WISN. Back with WISN's Retirement Clinic, hosted by Aaron Kowal today. Joining us in studio, our guest is estate planning attorney, Rhett Holland. Okay, a lot of you are sitting back personally. I need an estate plan. We procrastinated. Maybe from a business perspective, I need some help. At the end of the show, we'll give out all the contact information. Estate taxes are critical. Don't We don't want people tooting out. We're not glazing eyes over here. <laughs> this is important, critical stuff when you talk about taxes. Yeah, no one loves to talk about taxes, maybe say this, but um, you know, there there were some proposed uh, changes to the estate ta- uh, ta- tax planning last year. Uh, Rhett, what what are the laws now? What didn't happen last year? We were all kind of afraid of what was going to happen. Yeah, so a few minutes ago we were talking about a lot about business owners, and, and you made the comment earlier about how a lot of times for business owners, almost all of their estate is tied up in the company. Yeah. And so when you think about estate tax planning, especially in the context of the closely held business owner, you have to figure out what that tax might be and how you're going to pay it. Because coming up with cash to pay the tax can be very difficult. Uh, and that applies to, to any sort of a business owner. So last year, I think I paid more attention to what was going on in Washington than I ever have in my entire career. That's too bad. Spending all the time. <laughs> Just looking, trying to figure out what Joe Manchin was going to say about Joe Biden's proposal on tax law changes. As of uh, the beginning of 2021, there was an $11.7 million estate tax exemption. So um, a little over $23 million for a married couple. And that's the maximum amount that a family can give away without paying any estate taxes. Any assets in excess of that are subject to a 40% tax. Now, Joe Biden wanted to reduce those exemptions down to $3.5 million per person. So that would have been $7 million total for a married couple. Significant change. Very, very yeah. significant change. And that just shows you the difference in positions of the two political parties. Yeah. So the Republicans typically want a higher exemption, like we have now, which President Trump put in place. And the Democrats would like to see a lower exemption. And I always tell people, 
I'm not taking a political stance on what's right or wrong. I'm just telling you what the laws are and what the political parties want because it's a football that gets passed around. So we thought those exemptions were going to drop last year. And they did not. Uh, The Build Back Better never passed. That's right. Uh, Estate tax reform actually got dropped out of the bill before its final version. Um, So at this point, I don't foresee the tax laws changing in the next couple of years. Right now, with an inflation adjustment, the exemption amount is $12,060,000 per person. So $24 million. So for most people, the estate tax is not a problem, unfortunately, for them. Um, but uh, for a lot of your business owners, that is a problem. And and so what we have to deal with is the potential that those laws are going to change in the future, which they might. And what can we do about it now to take advantage of the laws? Can we, we currently it? review the exemption as we sit here on, what is it, February 5th, 2022, is how much? $12,060,000 per person. Per person. Okay. So it didn't. It, is this why? I mean, we we will not get deep into the weeds on politics because that's what Monday through Friday and Belling <laughs> and Jay Weber and Dan O'Donnell and Vicky do, right? But it shows how important maybe just one senator's vote is, uh, Mansion, or why a bill didn't get passed. How important and critical that those things are, Aaron. Well, it really is, and it can go. I mean, three and a half million is um, would would have seemed pretty generous. You know, 15, 20 years ago when you know, when George W. Bush passed his tax cuts, it was, what, a million dollars? He increased it to a million. He increased mm-hmm. it to a million. Oh, man. Uh, so it was a lot lower before. So it affected a lot more people. Uh, you know, I think we were, Rhett and I were talking a few weeks ago that uh, George Steinbrenner, uh, the former, you know, late owner of the Yankees, he died in the if there is a right year to die. He died in the right year, 2010. I remember that story. Where there were no estate uh, state taxes, uh, de- no death tax. So, yeah. uh, you know, he planned that out perfectly, I guess. So, um, so what's the value? You know, we've only got a, a minute, you know, minute here or so, but is what's the value? If everything's going to change, why should I plan it all? I think the important thing is to know the potential implications of the tax laws, the current laws and where they may go. And for anyone who thinks that they could end up with an estate tax due upon their death, what can you do today to reduce that tax liability or make sure that you have cash to pay it? And so what we're trying to do with our clients is walk them through the process and figure out how can we take advantage of these really high exemptions now to maximize what your family is going to get as opposed to the government when something happens to you. Because I feel that it's a tragedy when you have to sell a business to pay the estate taxes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just all, all those all that lives work, that be affected. Right? Right, if, especially if you wanted to keep it and continue to grow it and have it be part of your family legacy, to That's sell right. that business just for the paying paying the piper. Yeah, uh, a lot of blood, well sweat, and tears mm-hmm. going to these family businesses. Uh, as we, uh, we'll take a quick break, but we're talking with the estate planning attorney, Rhett Holland, a guest of Aaron Kowals. All right, people have questions, maybe about your business, maybe about your own personal estate plan. How do you get in touch with these two guys? We will tell you that when we come back <laughs> in the final segment of the Retirement Clinic. Note, this is an historic show. It's the first time we did the whole hour as one big sexy segment. <laughs> oh, yes. It's never been done. Anytime I'm on, it's sexy. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> oh, no, I got to take a break. Yeah. Aaron Kowal, your host. This is WISN. We'll be right back. 
as we wrap up today's retirement clinic, Aaron Kowal and his guest, Rhett Holland, is estate planning attorney. Rhett Holland, thank you so much for the info. Now here comes the point where I go, how do I get in touch with you? <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Uh, again, you can you can find all the information about our private wealth team on our website, which is hush, H-U-S-C-H, blackwell.com, uh, or please feel free to reach out to me directly. Uh, my phone number is 414-978-5522, um, or you can reach me at my email, which is ret, R-H-E-T-T, dot holland, at hushblackwell.com. And Aaron Kowal, uh, easy to reach out to you guys. It starts with the com. That's your website. Yeah, that, that may be the easiest way. You reach us anytime there. Uh, the Kowalway.com, K O W A L. Uh, phone number is 262 522 4040. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kowal underscore invest and on LinkedIn as well. I know it's a week away. You're going to give a, are you a fan of the Bengals in the Super Bowl? Uh, yes, I like both. This is a tough one. Ah, so I like Matthew Stafford. I don't like the Rams, so I'm I'm definitely playing for the. Bengals I'm kind of with you. Stuff. I like Stafford as a player. Like, good for yeah. you, right? But, I like uh, Cooper Cup too. There's a couple great players. Uh, it'll be a fun Super Bowl. The only problem is the Packers aren't in it. Here, I know. Next year, Next thanks year. guys. Uh, great show Monday through Friday. Don't forget market updates at the beginning of Belling Show, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock news block with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. The retirement clinic is on Saturdays at 10. Thanks for joining us. See you next week on WISN.